Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the NFT Pioneers podcast. Today I have a really special guest with me. It's Raihan uh, Rashid. He's a senior web free strategist at Wayna Free. Welcome, Raihan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's really nice having you. I would say uh, don't waste any time and let's start with the questions. Ryan, what is for you NFTs and how can brands use it? What is an NFT and how can brands use it? Oh, wow, that's a tough loaded question. Um, so I think when it comes to NFTs, right, like a lot of people will have different um, definitions of what an NFT is and how to describe them depending on what business case you're looking at. But for the most part, an NFT is a um, digital asset that is hosted on the blockchain, right? And so those assets can be bought, sold, and traded. And unlike cryptocurrency, um, one NFT doesn't have the same, you know, actual base value as another NFT, right? You can trade one Bitcoin for another Bitcoin, but if you took uh, Board Ape number 5,045, whatever it is, and traded for another Board Ape, they wouldn't have the same value. Um, and so that's what sort of leans into the non-fungibility, leads into sort of these immutable um, assets on the blockchain. Got it. What would you say are the biggest challenges uh, companies face currently entering the web free space and the NFT space? Yeah. Um, you know, it really depends on what kind of company you are, right? So if you're talking about web three companies who are trying to build in this space, the big thing is, you know, understanding how the market's doing, understanding what's going on with the market, the shifts. Um, a lot of people are extremely sort of bullish on certain coins, but, you know, really, I think Kevin O'Leary said it really well, which is that Bitcoin, Ethereum, these are softwares, yeah. right? So same with Avalanche and whatever it may be. So utilizing those, um, those blockchains and understanding those pros and cons. I think if you're a web two brand coming into this space, there's a lot more checkboxes to account for. Um, the first one really being authentically entering the space, right? We've seen brands who have come into this space who have done a great job and really solidified their sort of right to, to web three. We've also seen brands who have entered the space and you know didn't understand the ethos of web three didn't understand their target audience, didn't understand that their actual community, the people who already follow them, may not be the most Web3 native or crypto literate individuals. So because of that, you've seen brands really just kind of like a Hindenburg come into the space um, and not do so well. So I think the first thing is really understand that Web3 is very different than Web1, right? It's very community oriented. Um, you really have to speak to the community. Right, that's why that's why a lot of activities happening on Twitter, Twitter Spaces, Discord, is because unlike Web two, um, the community is involved. Right, people want to know that they are that the brand cares about their um, viewpoints, and the and the community member wants to be as involved as a stakeholder at the company. Right, and so it's important to understand that and allow the community to co-build with the company. And I think that, that level of synergy is what um, is a really important tool and a really important practice for a lot of Web2 brands to come into the space. In your opinion, which brand did a good NFT project? Like where you say this brand really got it? Yeah, um, a few of them. 
I would say like, I mean, most recently, right. You look at Nickelodeon and recur. That's probably like, I mean, if you're whoever's listening to this right now happened what yesterday, I believe. So that was a big one, right. Playing on nostalgia, playing on storytelling, entering the space. Um, so that was a really cool project and, it, you know, really reset the, the bar for floor prices. Um, other examples of really good brands who've entered the space, you know, we've seen, um, brands like Budweiser, brands like PepsiCo and the Pepsi Mic Drop. Um, we've seen charitable organizations do um, NFT philanthropy like UNICEF, right? So there are some examples of brands who've done you know, some really good jobs in terms of launching NFT, understand the ethos, understand that, you know, framing the project so it's not a cash grab. It's a way to really enhance the community member experience. And that's the key. Right. Um, and like I said, there are other brands who didn't have the best entrance and, um, you know, everyone sort of knows who they are. Would you say in your opinion that those brands had like those successes because they had a big brand already? Or would you say that the project, like the benefits were the key triggers for their success? Yeah. Um, a little bit of both, right? Like, You can't be a brand and just think that because I have a brand, I'm going to automatically enter this space, right? Like um, you also have to truly understand that Web3, the community might be very different from the community you already cater to, right? Like if you're a brand who's in um, gaming or if you're in like pop culture, music, it might be easier to connect to the Web3 ethos, right? But if you're in like real estate or if you're doing um, something really out there like banking, finance, or things that are very kind of institutional, um, it might be hard to connect to the Web3 ethos, but you have a big name, right? So I think it's a it's that balance, right? We've seen um, examples of, for example, Disney and Vivi, right? They did, Vivi and Disney partnered on those collectibles on Vivi's website um, and it spoke to Disney's audience. And so because of that, it did very well. Right. Um, and same for a few other collectibles out there as well, where we've seen people really engage with the community. Another prime example is Lacoste. Lacoste did a really good social marketing campaign um, and really into the state, you go into their Twitter, their Twitter um, profile you'll still be able to see like they're still promoting their underwater collection, which is allowing them to co-build with their community and create something really new in that fashion space. And same thing with Nike, Adidas, like they're doing a really good job in those um, in that sector as well. Love it. Uh, Gary always says like 99% of all projects are going to die. Let's say someone in the audience is deciding to start their own NFT project and they have this really big idea Uh, that has a good community, that has a good utility of the NFTs, how can they stand out in the market currently with their project? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question, you know, and from being at NFT NYC so about a month ago, um, a lot has happened since the one before that, right? Yeah. Um, the market's changing. Currently, we're in this weird bearish market, but just, just this past week alone, Ethereum went up 50%. So we're in this weird place market-wise. Um, I think NFT market specifically, 
yeah, I mean, there's going to be a major shift that's going to occur because brands are entering the space and they're sort of changing the game. I think, again, the Nickelodeon recur example was, um, is a good example for how storytelling nostalgia really comes into play. We've also seen examples of collections like Goblin Town and uh, We're All Gonna Die, where they focus really heavy on the narrative Freedom Mint, but now the floor is really high, right? And that was all because of organic growth. There was no like pump and dump scheme. Um, and so those really changed also another way of looking at NFTs. I think the approach of like, hey, we have 10,000 um, like, whatever it is, like rabbits, apes, whatever it is. And we just made it and we're making a collection. We're promising uh, utility. We're not saying what kind of utility it is. We're promising uh, a DAO, but I mean, nowadays, just you know, the concept of a DAO is still pretty loose. Um, those vague collections, I think are gonna go away, right? Um, and as they should, not because they're bad. It's because of the fact that like, I think the NFT space is progressing into an era where it's going to be about, yes, about utility for sure, utility and community, but also storytelling and narrative and creating this sort of holistic um, experience for the community member where it's not just like, oh, cool. I have a picture of a line on my phone. It's also like, oh, cool. I have a picture of a line, which gives me access to this and gives me access to that. And I'm able to talk to a community and collaborate. There's a sense of pride with that. Um, and that's going to grow. I think that's going to be really important. Would you say that currently the best way to get awareness for an, for an NFT project or to market it is like uh, trying to grow organically? Or would you say like running ads and trying to promote the NFT project is, is also a good way? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of mixed reviews about that, right? There are some... There's some um, NFT collections or NFT influencers or thought leaders who say, you know what, you shouldn't pay for ads in the Web3 space. It makes no sense. Like, why are you paying for ads um, on Instagram or whatever it is? And there was an analysis done, I believe, by either Vice or some other media company that showed that, like, the number of collections who um, paid for advertisements to certain really big name Instagram handles, right? Um, and it won't mention them obviously but i think in the web3 space like because it's about community right get on a twitter space right just start talking about your collection start connecting with people start getting into discords like um i've talked to people who have said you know i can't be on discord i can't be on twitter i don't like being out there that's fine but then that's not the, also the point of Web3. Web3 is about being out there, right? And that's, that's just my opinion, which is like, you got to be in discords. You got to be on in Twitter spaces. And the community is amazing. It's full of people who are eager to help one another out. They're eager to help have this sort of new era grow and be a part of our lives. And so you'd be surprised that just putting yourself out there um, the number of people who are going to one follow you and two, like really encourage you to do more and be like, yeah, you know, this, this project's awesome. Like love to help out, love to be a part of it or whatever it may be, but it, really, it all comes down to community. I think that's going to be the big thing. And, you know, if you want to pay for advertisements, that's 
fair. It's fine. Um, and that's obviously your own, um, you have to understand if you can actually afford that, but it's not the thing that makes or break, uh, makes or breaks a collection or a, a drop. Got it. How would you personally define a successful NFT project? I want to give you some context on that question because like when I have, when I have discussion with other guys and they were pre-space, we always see the, the thing always comes up. They're like, this project is very successful. This project is a blue chip. And I'm always like, hey guys, like selling out is not a metric that like selling out doesn't determine if your project is going to be successful or not. Right? But in the end, it all comes down to if you have if you still have an active community and if the utility is still being used after like two years, five years, 10 years. Um, how would you see it? Like, how would you personally define a successful NFT project? Yeah, um, well, you make a good point. I think selling out is not the end all like goal. I think for a lot of brands, yes. Like if you can sell out, it shows that you got people hyped up, yeah. that you got a community around it. People are excited and you have a great roadmap and, you know, people want you to deliver it. It's great. Selling out is never a bad thing. Yeah. Um, so without respect to selling out, let's just look at collections who maybe haven't sell, sold out, but, you know, what makes them good, right? Um, what makes them good is if you can use it. Like, I think it's the idea of like that beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Um, I have a collection, or not, I, have a, I don't have a collection, but I am part of a collection called Caffeinated Lions. Shout out to Caffeinated Lions. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, the reason why I got them was because they are a coffee shop here in Brooklyn mm -hmm. and called Lions Milk Cafe. And I have a, I'm a holder of like two Caffeinated Lions. And because of that, um, I can get discounts on coffee. I can, I can be invited to small happy hours at the cafe. Um, you know, it's a, it's a community of like-minded individuals. And like I said, I get discounts, right? Um, and also they can display your other NFTs in the shop. It's very, um, it's very cool. But that's, that's utility that I benefit from, right? And so I want to be a part of that community. And so that therefore I bought into it, regardless of like, if it's sold out or not, mm -hmm. right? Um, other examples of um, NFTs that haven't sold out, and some examples would be like around fashion, education, or other sectors. Like it's those communities. If you um, benefit from them, if you find passion in them, then by all means buy into it and be a part of that community. Right? Um, there was a, a study that shows even for like cause-based NFTs and how diversity cause-based NFTs more than likely are not going to get the amount of press the amount of community following as like a board apes, right? But I think collections like World of Women, Crypto Chicks, Women and Weapons have really helped push the diversity, equity, inclusion um, narrative into Web3. But there's so many other collections out there who are tackling so many other social problems, right? None of them probably sold out by now, but um, it's a cool community to be a part of. And you know that being a part of that community, you're tackling a problem that's occurring in the world, whether it be fighting for indigenous people, you know, um, uplifting South Asian lives, whatever it may be, you're a part of it because that's your community, right? I think that's the another thing about Web3 is that it's not about like buying into an entity collection and being like, can I flip it? Um, it's also about like 
having more than just um, a part of a group, right? Like having more responsibility, having more incentive, being rewarded for being a part of that group, um, really enhancing, like I said, enhancing the experience of being a part of a community or collection. Love the answer. Love the answer. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, we are in like a bearish market right now. Like, and some projects like the flow prices just crashed. How would you personally navigate through those NFT market crashes? Like if you had a project, how would you navigate them or navigate it through those market crashes? Yeah. Um, I mean, everybody has, in terms of NFT, just speaking. Yeah. Or, yeah. I think everybody has their own, um, you know, I don't say secret recipe for getting out of a bear market or dealing with market crashes. Obviously, when it comes to crypto specifically, everyone talks about like you know, dollar cost averaging or find the bottom to each their own, right? Then when it comes to NFTs, you're seeing floor prices go down or you're seeing um, people selling out of fear or you're seeing, you know, just projects not maybe not getting the lift off they would have gotten back in January or November um, of 2021. Um, I think this is both good and bad, right? It's, it's bad for a certain projects because it's, it's tough for them, but I think it's good more than anything else. Personally, I think it's really good because it, one allows, or it forces collections and um, organizations that run a few collections to focus on um, utility, to focus on incentivizing community members, um, enhancing that experience, right? Not just focusing on like, can I pump it and pump the floor and sell off, right? Or like, because of that, you have more of an incentive to rug, right? So it's moving away from that and focusing more on real utility, real community, real storytelling and narrative. Um, this is also a great way for brands to get into the space because um, the way brands can come in authentically now, it's not like, oh, I have to drop PFP. You don't have to, right? Um, you can drop something that's more authentic to your brand and the your brand's voice. And so this, what's happening right now, this metamorphosis in the NFT space, it's really changing what's important, what metrics are important in the NFT market, what metrics are important in the Web3 space, right? Um, and, look, and not looking at just floor price or the price of Ethereum or the price of Solana, um, there's a, there's, it's more of a holistic approach now. And um, so, yeah. Would you say it, like from a perspective from, from a project, would you say it, it's a good strategy to buy back their own NFTs during those market crashes when the flow price is really down? So they maybe can have an impact long-term on the project? Um, you know, it depends. It really depends. Like, you have to ask yourself, like, what are you gaining by buying back your NFT, right? And if your answer is because it's going to go up and then I want to sell it, then my answer is going to be sure. But how do you know that that collection survived the bear market? Right. Um, there are a lot of collections out there and not obviously not the, the top like 50 or whatever, but you know, much lower who may have sold out during this massive NFT rush, but in their floor price is probably one less than 0.01 ETH. Um, you know, buying into those, you should ask yourself like, are they really going to be doing anything after 
they get out of this market? Are they doing anything right now during this market? Um, how are they communicating with their community, right? How are they, what are their, what are their socials look like? Are they communicating with brands, right? Um, because if they're not, if you don't see activity in that, in that sense, you don't see like any promise of like, you know, this collection is going to be um, like, it's going to weather the, weather the storm or be big after the bear market, then, you know, there are some other collections that might be better for you. Or there's some other projects that brands are working on that might be better for you. And again, it's, it's really a uh, case by case situation. You know, don't just buy something because you're like, oh, like they're cheap, mm-hmm. right? So I have to buy it. Um, for certain collections, sure, I can see that, um, right? But for most collections, everybody went through, you know, a tornado from this NFT crash, right? Based off of everyone's, you know, do your own research. Based off of that, who's going to weather the storm in your opinion? And that's the question you should be asking. Who's coming out of this with a great roadmap? Who's coming out of this with great partnerships? Who's coming out of this with great socials? Um, That's what matters. Got it. What is it? In your opinion, what will contribute to a mass adaptation on NFTs of NFTs and the consumer blockchain? Yeah, that's you know one can hope, hopefully, <laughs> but that'll be that'll be soon, right? Yeah, um, that's the goal. Obviously, I think honestly, when it comes to mass adoption, you have to look at a lot of factors. One, like why is for one is the Web3 space for the longest time has been really focused on Web3 natives, right? NFT is a non-fungible token, blockchain, cryptocurrencies. Um, and if you were in the market, like say 2015 before, like no one really knew what this was. So if you're in the market, then like you're considered like a, you know, magical wizard or something like that. Right. And so The one thing is crypto literacy, right? You're seeing um, a lot of companies now who are entering the space, who are web two companies, who are entering the space and who are really changing the narrative, right? For example, if you look at Reddit just announced their NFT marketplace and their digital collectibles, LimeWire just came out, GameStop just came out, Salesforce is working on their NFT um, cloud. And we also have um, other examples like, Shopify, uh, Spotify, all these web two companies who are coming into the space are changing the jargon. They're not saying non-fungible tokens, they're saying collectibles, right? Or instead of, um, instead of wallet, they're saying vault or account, whatever it is, right? But you want to be able to have this sort of web 2.5, right? What's that bridge that connects the masses, which the 90%, 99% of people who are here, how do you connect them to just web 2.5, right? Getting them fully into web three and what we like to consider the metaverse, like that's going to take some time, but how can you find utility besides just, I'm a part of a community, mm-hmm. right? How can you, how can you extend that utility? And that's, um, that's currently being worked on and we'll see what happens. I want to hear your hear. I want to hear your opinion on that. Like I think that a lot of brands, uh, when when they are starting their NFT or Web3 project, 
it's not about like gaining the highest return on investment. I think it's currently about like stating a statement on the market and just gaining data on what works and how they could do it better in the future. Do you think like, especially currently, we are living in a very fast paced environment, fast paced time. Um, do you think that brands that who don't execute now NFT project and start gaining data on how this thing can work or how does it work for my own community? Do you think they will lose serious market shares in the future because of the reason we are living in a fast-paced environment and because of they didn't do did their homeworks earlier? Not even. I mean, the short answer is it's so early still, right? It's like, because just because a brand enters in now doesn't mean that they're going to be more successful later on, right? Being first to market doesn't necessarily mean or doesn't ensure like your solidified position in the market. Being first to market means you're the guinea pig and you're okay with being the guinea pig, right? You're going to make mistakes. And hopefully if you can bounce back quick enough, then you'll weather that. But there are a lot of, like I said, a lot of Web2 companies or brands who have entered this space and because they wanted to be first to market and didn't understand the possible repercussions of that, um, it's going to take them a little longer to re-enter the space, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think for when it comes to brands, it's never too late to enter Web3. It's never too late to even start thinking about Web3, right? There are a lot of brands out there who haven't even opened the discussion yet about Web3, right? The market's really low, not just crypto, but also in stocks, right? And also for other companies out there. I mean, layoffs are happening. 18, 20%, whatever it is, layoffs are happening, right? And companies can't afford to just be like, hey, I'm going to jump in and do a Web3 project and like, let's cross our fingers and hope, hope, it, does, hope it does well. Because um, Web3 is still changing as it mm -hmm. is, right? I mean, if you ask somebody back in February, that the market, or you're going to tell someone back in February that the market was going to crash. I mean, they would have probably just kicked you out the door, right? Um, and so, but what it is hap what is happening now is that because more brands are entering the space, because more brands are showing proof of concept, they're validating this new era, um, you're going to have more brands start to do activations, right? And activations doesn't have to mean you're creating an NFT collection, right? And collections are a very subjective term and they have a lot of meanings, but you don't have to launch like your own like PFP NFT collection. Um, you know, there's a lot of ways for brands to authentically enter the space. Um, there's partnering with a collection, for example, like um, there was the, so Doodles, uh, mm -hmm. Vayner, um, you know, help Doodles and Bear Paint do a collaboration together at South by Southwest. Really cool, right? And like sort of out of the box thinking, and that's how, that was a great way to enter a brand to the space. Um, we saw at VCon how like we saw Johnny Walker Blue Label X V Friends, right? With Gifco, like that's a really cool activation. Um, you don't have to go big and bold just to show that you're trying to be in the space. Web three is a, is a whole era. It's not a field, mm -hmm. right? And people have to realize that like web two was 
if people thought in web at the web one era that web two was just like social media and like people sharing like food pics on Instagram, right? Like that wasn't web two. Web two was using all of that to enhance so many uh, procedures and processes. And we got to start thinking about growth marketing and like started thinking about product management, all those aspects, right? So when we're going into web three, right? Web three is a whole new way of thinking, a whole new way of uh, approaching a problem and building. And so for a lot of brands, the best way to think of it is don't just think of it as like, I'm entering web three and making it another, just like slice of my market share pie, whatever it is. Think of it as like, you know, I'm entering web three and slowly and surely I will be fully in web three. Right. But that'll take a lot of time and there's no rush either. Right. So um, interested to see what happens. My last question Just imagine you have a microphone in front of you and you can speak to every brand that's out there. What would your number one tip be for those brands they want to start an NFT project? What's number one tip for brands who want to start in the NFT space? I would say be authentic to who you are, right? Like do not take shortcuts, be authentic. Don't lose yourself by going into this space, right? There are a lot of people who are hype beasts a lot of people who want to pump, who are like DGENs in Twitter. That's great. It's also part of the ecosystem, but don't lose like your values that you've built over years, especially if you're a legacy brand. Um, and two, just be eager to enter, right? Don't try to come in and be like, you know what, we're going to run the show. Like also want to be a part and, and sort of work with the Web3 community, right? Um, there are a lot of people who have been in this space even before NFTs came out, who have really helped pave the way for a lot of collections, learn from them, right? Engage with your community through Twitter spaces, kind of almost like boots to the ground and interact with your community in a way that you've never done it before. Um, and I think you'll find a much more meaningful way of entering Web3 than just like, okay, how do we make this another you know, line in our profit margins? Thank you. Guys, that was it for today's episode. Make sure to leave a subscribe, a comment, and check out Raihan. Thank you, Raihan, for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure.